Hi, I'm Gavin with Haverstick Designs, and this is The Sound Project. So I'm here today with Dan Madison from HDB Media. Thanks so much for joining us. Really Great to see you, Gavin. Good yeah. to be here. Yeah. Um, so, wow, it's, it's really cool to be back here because we did this project in 2013. That's right. Um, and uh, it's uh, a lot's happened since then for both of us. So, Very much so. Uh, I'm excited to like, catch up and, and kind of see uh, what you've been up to. But um, for our, our audience, like, could you uh, give a little bit of background about how you got into this industry and what you do sure. now? Sure. Yeah, it started when I was just a kid. I mean, I always loved recording. I used to have a little, my parents gave me this little Fisher's Price tape recorder, you know, back in the 80s. And I would go around the house with this little thing and record anything I possibly could. Um, and that's just, it just kind of went from there. You know, through the years, I got into music and uh, recording music, little eight-track recorder, also cassette-based. <laughs> and so uh, through the years, I went to school um, actually at Asbury University down in Kentucky and studied media mm -hmm. and uh, graduated and went to work for a couple different companies doing production work and then finally stepped out on my own. That would have been around 2008 okay. to start the business. Yeah. And what, what did you focus on when you first started the business? Initially, it was all video production. Oh, okay. So what we're doing today. <laughs> yeah. And uh, with an emphasis on sound. Mm -hmm. And so I've always loved sound and video production gave me kind of a initial start to work with clients so I could I basically have income, you know, because just doing sound work was so specialized, it was hard to start there. Sure. So I worked in video production uh, through about 2020 okay. when I decided to make the shift and alter and change to sound production post-audio okay. for film and television. Yeah. The, and when you're doing video work, what was the majority of your clients? Like, what kind of video work did you do? I did a lot of corporate video, which, you know, is not always the most fun thing to do, but it, it paid the bills. Sure. And it helped me refine my skills better. Um, did some animation work with a friend of mine, and we helped do some sound design for the animation work. Um, also worked with some large churches throughout the years to do some production work for them uh, as a contractor. Yeah. Did, uh, did that require you to do a lot of travel or was it mostly local? It did. We did some, a lot of travel, especially we did some work with some parachurch organizations that required us to fly a lot. And um, anyone that's done video work and had to travel knows that it can be a headache sometimes. Sure. And uh, so that it was a learning experience, but I don't so much miss those aspects of it. Sure. And so your passions, I think, um, lie more in the audio side of things and yes. video is like a, a little bit of a uh, something that that kept the business going but now that you can focus just on audio like yes. is, are you enjoying that i love it i love post post audio for film and tv is is kind of my world mm -hmm. and so in the past few years i've been able to connect with other people that work in video production and help them with the sound side of things because sometimes sound gets forgotten mm -hmm. it's like the little brother that gets you know forgotten so to be able to step in and add that emotional level i think which sound can bring to video is something i love to do yeah and are you doing mostly for films and uh, like short films feature length films i love to to work in film i love to work in independent film actually when i can it's not always the largest budget type thing to be involved in so i still work in corporate video as well mm -hmm. um, that's primarily what helps pay the bills but sure. when an independent film comes along it's a joy yeah because there's such a creative element to it you know creating the ambience and the sound effects and the dialogue and all the 
elements that go into creating that world. Yeah. I mean, right before we started filming, you were showing me some of your work on a, a movie that you did. And it's just, yeah. uh, I, I always knew that there's so much that goes into the audio side of things. But when you're breaking it down and showing it track by track and, and how none of that audio was actually recorded at the time of filming. That's right. And, and you just had to create this world, which yes. is, I'm sure time consuming and uh but also something that's pretty fun like uh, to be able to to build something on your own it is it is i guess you shouldn't say it i shouldn't say it's always fun there's there's work to it obviously <laughs> sure. like anything but um you know primarily in in film if you can capture production sound production audio especially with dialogue mm -hmm. you're always going to have a better result if you can capture it well yeah because adr and dialogue replacement is useful and it can be done mm -hmm. but it's very difficult to replicate the emotion and the mm -hmm. delivery from the actors so right the better production sound the better post audio is going to be yeah well and, and uh with that adr it's, i'm sure it's the biggest challenge is like I'm sure actors are always just thinking about the timing, you yes. know, just like I've got to get these words to make it look like I'm actually saying them on, on screen. Yeah. Uh, but then I think with that, it probably gets a little robotic and like it there's can. less emotion. And uh, so I'm sure that's a challenge. You, I, I'm sure you're kind of producing at that point too, to where you're having to get them in the right mood to do true. the thing. So if the director or producers can't be involved, then you have to take those shoes wow. and that can be tough because you're trying to engineer and being an engineer and a producer at the same time. Oh, yeah. And it really is about, I think, not just the timing, because timing can be adjusted. There's plugins for that to a point. Um, but yeah, the delivery, the emotion of the moment mm -hmm. to bring that actor back to that place that they were in, in the shot, that's the hardest part. Oh, yeah. So the times when the director can be there, even virtually, to help coach is, is usually a better experience. How often do you have? So, uh, are you doing most of the ADR here in the studio in your yes. vocal booth? Okay, the yes. actors will come here to do that. That's true. I w I'd say 90% of the time mm -hmm. um, through COVID and everything, it was a bit different. We had to rely on remote production, remote sure. studios, and then the files were sent to me. And that's that's a little more difficult because you're not there to help guide the process. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's the way the world works. And sometimes you have to work through it. Sure. And and so you also do Foley work uh, mostly in yes. this room, I think you said. So, um, uh what 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 kind of things are you typically recording? Oh, it's a lot of footsteps. <laughs> You'd be amazed at how, if you watch any movie, you know, it's every footstep, every movement of a shirt or cloth mm -hmm. has to be added usually because it's not always captured with the production sound right. or it might be buried in the noise of the room too much. You can't hear it well. So yeah, I'll, I'll get out a series of shirts. I'll get out some shoes. We'll put them in this room. If it's a wooden floor, we can use the wooden floor here. If it's carpeting, we can bring in a carpet and do that too. Sure. If it's outdoor, we'll go out in the driveway and in the evening when it's quieter usually yeah. <laughs> and try to capture footsteps. So I love doing that kind of stuff. It's just fun to create those elements that I think most people don't think about when they watch the movie, but that's not the point. You don't want them to think about them. You want them to be in the moment. Yes. So that's what helps. I think Foley helps to do is to bring yeah. that reality to it. I think when you do it well, um, yeah, you, like the clip that you just showed me, uh, there's a guy shoveling, and yeah. um, I, I wouldn't have known that that wasn't what it actually uh, was was capturing. Was no, it, yeah. That, in fact, that opening shot in that film was shot in the forest, and it was late at night, and it was dark, so they had a generator going, <laughs> a loud gas generator, so there was no way to capture yeah. anything that was usable. Wow. So that entire scene had to be rebuilt in post, which was a fun challenge. Yeah. But yeah, the shovel digging, you know, we just went outside and found some dirt 
<laughs> took the field audio mixing kit out there and captured it. That's awesome. And and so it takes a long time, I'm, I'm guessing, because that, that was just a little clip, and I saw so many uh, of the audio tracks that caught, uh, you know, uh, created that. Uh, how long does it take to do a typical movie, let's say, like a feature-length oh. film? It, well, some of it depends upon the demands put on you. There's mm-hmm. timelines. But uh, this particular film uh, took almost a year in post-audio. Wow. Um, there was a lot of back and forth on different elements and mm-hmm. things that need to be tweaked, things that could be done better. Yeah, and that's part of it too. I think is just being open to criticism, mm-hmm. you know, because you're going to get a lot of it at times and not being, not taking it personally. Sure, and uh, helping it to help it be a better product in the end yeah. is what matters. Yeah, I think that kind of humility is important uh, in the types of work that we do. Like yes. uh, so often we're sending designs to people and we, uh, we always tell people when we do our renderings, because actually we didn't do renderings uh, back in the day when we did this studio, but now it's a big part of our process. Yeah. And uh, we, we always take a first pass at it and we make sure people know that this is not uh, set in stone. We want you to tear it apart if you want to, or just give us feedback. But um, you know, if we went into it thinking, well, this is exactly how it should go, and not care about what the client thinks, yeah. then you know, you get your feelings hurt and all that, and it, it it's not a good result. So Absolutely. yeah, you just have to be be uh, humble about it and and know what you're serving. Like you're serving the film, or you're serving the client, and yes. making that that happen for. Them. And I think that's something with film, especially that is unique. I love. It's, it's such a community effort, you know, to produce a film from, from actors to sound to producer, everything, the whole gamut. It's a massive amount of people yeah. to pull it off so you're not just an island. Even if you're working alone like we do in, post, in post-production, you're still part of this community. And I think that's a huge part of it, too, that I enjoy. Yeah. Well, and how do you... Um how do, you, how do you get the work that you get? Is it mostly word of mouth and referrals or do you? Yeah, that's a good question. I think for me, um, I actually decided to go back to school uh, to get my graduate degree, which I didn't really need. I've thought about teaching, but I, and I could teach if I decide to, but it was really the networking with people that was key. And I think when we network with people, you have to be careful that you don't make it an agenda you know, like, oh, I'm going to get to know you so I can get more work. Yes. Even though that may come out of that relationship, I think if we approach it that way, it's it's pretty shallow. Yeah. And uh, people see through that. So mm-hmm. just those genuine relationships with people when I went back to school that formed, working on projects for school, you know, we formed yeah. friendships. Yeah. And from that came more work because a lot of these people have their hands in work that I have no connection with yeah and vice versa yeah that happens in our industry too like there's a uh, quite a few of uh, my best friends that uh, they became my friends through work but then I care more about them than I yeah. care about what they could offer our business That's you know key. it's and so um, I think it's always important to put the relationship first and then uh, you know good things happen in good relationships yes so, yeah yeah, that's awesome. Um, so you also do your own uh, personal music, right? Like uh, I do. Yeah, yeah. I'm by no means or stretch a professional musician at all, but it's something I've always loved. I play guitar, and I grew up when I was in high school. I played in a little metal band, and uh, we were we were pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> but but it was fun, and I, I've always loved music as a a means to kind of just express emotion, take a break from work. Yeah. Um, you know, so I do it more as a hobby. Yeah. And. I'm grateful to be able to have the facility that I work in mm-hmm. to also be able to do music on occasion. Oh, yeah. And it's also kind of cool because of the way we designed this room and mm-hmm. this room being a little bit more live, a little more ambience, we can capture like an acoustic set or 
a singer-songwriter kind of person. So I can still dabble in that kind of production of work if I want to, yeah. which on occasion does happen. It's not usually paid or, <laughs> yeah, it's more or high paid, project. but it's something that's kind of a passion project. So. Sure. Um, so let's talk a little bit about this space uh, sure. that you built. It's it's off of your house. Yeah. Um, uh, tell me a little bit about like the, the goals you had for the, uh, when you, you dreamed this up. Sure. When we first built this, we were gonna build this as an independent building separate from the house. And at the time, our builder was the one that said, hey, why don't we just put the garage in between and connect it? So it kind of makes this horseshoe type shape. So our house is on one side, garage is the path to the studio. And it works out It works out really well, especially in the winter when I have to yeah. go to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can go through the garage. Go through the garage. But yeah, initially, I think the goal for this room was to film and shoot interviews, video type interviews, which is yeah. what I was doing at the time. Um, as that part of my business shifted more to post-production, this room became more of a room for Foley, mm -hmm. uh, maybe some music capture. You know, that's what drum kit is in here for and that mm -hmm. sort of thing. Uh, so I don't use it for video production like I used to, but it's still very functional. Yeah. Well, and I remember, so you had contacted us about this this project yeah. after it was constructed. Like yes. it was, um, so we didn't do any of the design, the layout. You did an awesome job with it. Did you do that yourself? Or? My wife was a big part of that. Nice. She really helped nice. to lay out. She's got the eye for, mm -hmm. <laughs> for design. Space planning and everything space, like that. Yeah. So yeah, so you have this nice large live room. You've got a control room in there that's, that's uh, a good size because it's great now because I'm sure when you have clients come over, you know, they can hang out on the couch in the back. Exactly. Or, um, it's not too cramped in there. Right. And then you have a um, vocal booth as well. That's so, right. Yeah. That's right. It, and the biggest, the biggest change for that room in the past, I'd say, five years has been shifting to surround mixing. Right. For, for film and television. So what was always stereo, mm -hmm. now we're dealing with frequencies and sound bouncing in different directions. And so, yeah. but it works great the way it's been designed with the work you put into it so yeah. um, that's what we're mixing in now is 5.1 right haven't dabbled in Dolby Atmos yet that might be down the road but yeah everybody's kind of going enough for me yeah 5.1's <laughs> a lot you know especially switching from from stereo so exactly um, now I would say that um, you know when we did this project like we, we came in took some acoustical measurements in fact like yeah. back when you're doing a lot of video work like you we filmed it some of that <laughs> yeah. yeah so we have like 10 year old footage of, of me uh, <laughs> doing this, but it's, uh, um, we did testing in, in the main room, in the control room and the vocal booth, and then uh, designed our treatments around what we found, you sure. know, and because it's, for me as an engineer, like I always want to define problems before I try to solve them. And so it's, it's always great to do testing. Also, I used to live in Pendleton, which was really close to close McCordsville by. here. And so it's uh, easy to get here and do that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the rooms already were, were, Pretty good, you know, like yeah. I, I think that, I don't know how much of that was intentional with the, the sizing and shaping. Did you do a lot of uh, research as far as the, the room dimensions? We did, especially mm -hmm. in the in the uh, mixing room. This room is a bit more of a rectangle, so we had to, you know, work with that sure. and treat it. But the uh, control room is definitely designed with the sloping ceiling and everything yeah. that you're supposed to do. It may not be perfect, but we mm -hmm. did a better job than anything else I'd ever had in the past. Yeah. Um, well, I'm trying to remember too how we got introduced. I know that there was a yeah. couple. I think there was a couple people that had told you about uh, my company, and and then you'd reached out, but uh, can't remember who it I was. I think actually we connected through Sweetwater. Yeah. Um, I the initial studio that we had was in North Carolina when we first started. It was in the basement, mm -hmm. and uh, I was connected to you through them. 
That's as right. to what the basic acoustics would be in those basement rooms, which were pretty pretty raw. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that was our initial connection, That's and I right. knew about you through them. That's right. Yeah, and that may have even been back at my previous job, yep. like when that happened, and then because uh, I started in 2009, this business. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, and it's kind of like a small world because you, you moved somewhere, it's 10 minutes from where Close I lived. Close to where you and, are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's really great to see uh, the, the space and like how your business has evolved. And, and what I like about it is that you're doing more things that you're even more passionate about, um, right. you know, and, and having the ability to do that versus doing maybe jobs that, paid the bills but weren't fulfilling yeah you know and, and i think that's a process it takes time mm -hmm. um, i've done some adjunct teaching up at taylor university which is not too far away yeah. uh, in the past and a lot of times students will ask about running a business yeah. you know and how do you how do you do what you do like right now and it's yeah. like well i didn't start that way right at first i worked for some different companies doing the work that i'm doing made some connections and actually when i departed my first job it was on a good note mm -hmm. and my my employer became my first client so Same i had i had income initially <laughs> yeah. from that if i hadn't had the job i wouldn't have had the initial income to start Right. So that's how that worked. Yeah, it's huge. That's the same story I have. You know, my previous job, yeah. I put in my two weeks notice and yep. got a contract to do uh, contract uh, contract work for them, and and uh, it was it's a great like uh, stability piece there yes. that gives you the, the ability to, to ramp up and, and do more things and and yeah, same thing with with myself. It's um, uh, you know when I first started the business, I almost would take on any project that someone came to me with. Anything. Yeah. You know, it's just like <laughs> okay. Uh, I will help you with that, and and yeah. I will help you with this as well, even though it's not really uh, what I want to be do focusing right. on. But then, yeah, you have to build reputation and a, a book of business to be able to to showcase your work, and then exactly. then you feel more comfortable being selective. Right. Um, I I still struggle with it though because I want to help everybody. Yes. Um, but yes. yeah, you do have to kind of narrow down what your focus is and what you uh, find joy in. And yeah. I think that sounds like you're doing it, which is awesome. That's how it works. I think you said to me earlier, you know, hire people who are smarter than you, right? That's yeah. That's key. And even though I don't have employees, mm -hmm. if I work with contractors of any kind, especially in video production, yeah. I hire these the guys I work with that are much better at that than I could ever be. Yeah. And it makes my life in post-production that much easier. Yeah. And so you start to learn, I think, and just acknowledge with your own self, okay, I can do this well, but this maybe isn't my strength. Yeah, and That's actually okay. it's it's something where if you don't recognize that, I think you just get in your own way. You, you know, it's like, it, it, I, like I, I do have a, a great staff with uh, unique talents, things that I'm not even good at that other people are good at. Yeah. And uh, if I just thought that I could do it all on my own, I would still be, a, a, we'd still be a much smaller company not doing these these big projects that we get to do. So right. it's it's a, it's a, it's weird, but you have to be humble in order to grow. Exactly. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, what do you see down the, down the line for you? Like, is there... Uh, are you, are you in the spot that you kind of want to be for long term, or do you have other aspirations? Yeah, that's a good question too. I um, it's difficult to forecast. I think sometimes I in the past I would spend so much time thinking about what am I going to do in the future, what's going to be next, and mm -hmm. that became so exhausting. I think I live a little more day to day than I used to. That doesn't mean we don't have vision for the future and that sort of thing, but I try not to hyper focus on where we're going to be five years from now. Yeah. Uh, but but saying all that, I will say we do have my wife and I have some some visions of possibly relocating back to Kentucky eventually, which is where we first met. 
Sure. Um, there's some connections I have there with friends that work in post-production as well. And we've had talks about working together, yeah. uh, even, even as contractors, you know, yeah. in, in the post world. So there's possibilities there. Sure. And if we do, we'll definitely be calling you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because well, I think awesome. starting from scratch again is a bit of a scary idea when you've done it once. It's like, sure. oh man, I can't, I don't have the energy to do that again. Yeah. But you also learn things and I want to be able to take from the hard lessons and apply them to what we do next. Yeah. If we do it. So, yeah. And that's, that's what we do for every project. It's like, uh, anyone who hires us today is benefiting from the last 14 years absolutely. of things that we've learned and, and, uh, you know, mistakes and, and victories, you know, yeah. you, like it all go, comes together and I'm sure your next space will be even cooler than this one, which yeah. is a challenge, but it's, it's uh, a challenge, but yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I, I I'm thinking with uh, like you, your own personal music. We we talked about this off off camera a little bit, is because yeah. I play music as well. Um, do you do you find it hard to make time for that part of your life versus uh, what you do for work plus family and everything else? It's it's true. I think. Um, well, I will say we have one son who's 17 now, and he's growing up too fast and. So life is a little bit simpler in a ways because he can drive himself places and that frees up my time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've been able to get back into music as a hobby, hmm. music as therapy, like we yeah. talked about. Yeah. Um, and that's been a huge part of the past year for me is yeah. to be able to take a break from work sometimes, take a hmm. break from the things that are consuming and yeah. just work on music because it's fun Yeah. and because I love it. And I'm not trying to make anything of it myself you know yeah. uh, i know my limitations mm -hmm. <laughs> and so it gives me the freedom to just make music because it's something that i love to do yeah and that's something that um i'm trying to get back into that yeah. i think i'm in a stage where you know your son's 17 my kids are eight and four yeah. so i'm still in the thick of things uh, right now <laughs> um but it is something that when i make the time for it it helps me realize why I'm even doing what I'm doing. Exactly. Like the, how I, why I got into this industry at all uh, was because I love music. And, and so it's, it's, I need to carve out that time. Because every time I'm, like say, I'm driving to a rehearsal uh, or um, uh, something like that, I'm always thinking of all the other things I should be doing and all the stress and things yeah. like that. But then once you're doing it, like you're sitting down to write a song or record something, you're just like, okay, like this yeah. is what gives me life, you know, like, yeah. and so um, it's something I'm going to try to do more of. And, and uh, uh, you know, it's, it's nice to hear that you're, you're finding that time. Well, I think too, the cool thing with music, especially in sound and even with what you do with acoustical work and such, it all, it's all connected. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think with sound design, especially for film, you're creating this kind of oral experience, you mm -hmm. know, with sound, which it's almost like music in a way. It's, it's kind of a dance between dialogue and ambience and sound effects and, and the music that's been scored for the film even. Yeah. But there's times when that music is not there that the sound itself becomes the music, if you will, sure. at least for me. And that's, so I think it all connects. Yeah. Even if it's not my career path. Yeah. So. That's great. Well, I, thanks so much for sitting down with us and, and yeah. be, like uh, being on the podcast. It's, it's always. Sure. Every time I come here, it's nice to reconnect with you because I feel like we have a lot of similarities. And, and uh, yeah. um, it's just neat to see your business, which has always been successful. It's just morphed into different different ways. Always you know? changing. Yeah. And so, yeah. So thanks thanks again for having us here. And, Thank you, Gab. And uh, looking forward to the, the next five, ten years. And then maybe we catch up again. Definitely. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for watching this episode and being a part of the Sound Project. 
If you have any ideas for future episodes, feel free to email info at haversickdesigns.com and we'll see you next week.